This is The After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Hey, hey, Hello. how are we doing? Happy Monday. Yay, how are you doing? I finally got sleep. Um, it's like my computer has creeped up all day, and then it, you see this little weird ledge. Why is your you computer such a... Why is your computer such a creeper? It's usually the people, know. it's usually the guys behind the computer that are the that's creepers. The creepers, that's right. But in this case, it's uh, your computer, although you got to do a little more. I mean, if you want to be, if you want to be anal retentive, you're still showing yeah, a little ed- Sorry, ledge. that's fine. So you got okay. some sleep? Finally. Yeah, Kim knows. I've had insomnia for a week. Yeah. Um, and this is technically my lunch break. So I work through lunch in order to make all this happen. So mm-hmm. when I get insomnia basically screwed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and trying to tick on too much and do too much and my mom i'm on behalf of my mom i'm dealing with a lawsuit and as if that wasn't enough now her neighbor has uh put down an edict uh uh, ultimatum saying he's going to replace the fence without her input and so uh the guy's a real jerk and uh luckily I have a lawyer on retainer, a property attorney. <laughs> so now I got another legal matter. And as if yeah. that wasn't enough, we have a family member who's trying to steal the inheritance of another <gasps> family member. Oh, my God. So I went from, like, not being involved in anything legal. You know, Len yeah. used to always say, like, you know, lawyers are expensive and I'm yeah. the best lawyer. Hopefully you never need. Yes. To all of a sudden, like, three legal issues. Oh, no. So I'm running on fumes, but I love the show. Yeah. So I will work through lunch as I do to Yay. fit it in and make it happen because we love the after party, right? Yeah, after party. Woo! How are you? Yeah. Um I I got a little sick during that Monterey trip. Julia was sick. So then you I guys come always home. seem to get sick during I'm vacation. telling you, it's like no matter what, someone always goes on vacation sick. So now Jacob has a cough. He's home from school today. And I have a little bit of a cough, I but I the feel kids. okay. They, 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 they're like the little germ factories, and then they, they go to the germ distribution it's center like every day. Petri dishes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Jacob crawled into bed and slept with us because he was sick, and that means wait, what? I know it to means, get you oh, sick. Yeah. So I got I was awakened all night long. Oh no, that. you need to teach him about quarantine, oh. Kim. Oh. This is a teachable moment. No, 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 no. <laughs> Luis, jumping in to be first, slapping us down with a thank you for your effort, John Daly, and hang in there. Okay, yeah. I hope I didn't sound whiny. I'm just, no. uh, I was running ragged, and I do not, Kim knows, I do not on. function well. I do not function well without sleep. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know what? I'm like, I have to sleep in today. It's okay. I'm going to sleep in. I'm getting my eight hours because it's hard to talk for an hour if your brain isn't working. Yeah. Um, we have not been wearing a mask because we haven't gone anywhere. So once we got home from vacation and the sickness reared its ugly head, we haven't. So Jacob's home from school. I'm here oh. at home as well. My husband's home. The only one of us is fine now is Julia back at school. So yeah. thank you, Louise, for the $10. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, uh, there's a lot to talk about today. We have we a had news a poll. poll. Yeah, we had we the had news the... poll last week, remember? And I don't know what the results are. This was a question, though. As to whether you guys wanted a newscast during the after party, or whether you just wanted a little breaking news here and there, or whether you just wanted an abbreviated newscast or a full newscast, right? Yeah. So originally we asked during a live show, do you want a newscast, yes or no? I didn't realize that YouTube polls that are live disappear at the end of the show. So Mm -hmm. we we created a new community poll, which has been in the community tab, which kind of lives on the YouTube channel. And we let it run. I let it run Mm -hmm. for like a week. Because uh, we want to make sure everyone had an opportunity to, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. contribute their opinion. So the question was, do you want a newscast? Should it be, um, should it just be short? You know, uh, should it be traditional? Should yeah. it just be headlines? Or no, 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 no. And, and the results the are in is... oh, from the okay. accounting firm of Archie and Associates. Kim has not <laughs> seen these results. They have been tabulated and compiled. And the winner is only if there's breaking news with 53% Which coming is... in second uh, sh- uh, regular news update. Okay. Third was the brief uh, headlines only and uh, nine, no, no, no. Which is kind of what we'd been doing, only if there's breaking news, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, some people said they, they wanted more. And uh, this is a, a semi-democracy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I think that the the, um, the after-partiers have spoken and yes. we shall listen. Yes. Turn the page. Like it. So we'll just do breaking news. And if it's like a news crazy day, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like things are happening left and 
right, then we can break in more than once, right? Well, like when there was a shooting at the Super Bowl parade, right, you know, the right. Chiefs parade, then we broke in with that. Or and... if you want to update at the end before we go, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do have a new request. I've been talking to um, some um, former colleagues that are involved in podcasting, and um, we haven't given enough uh, focus to the audio-only podcast. Okay. And he also said, don't talk about your distribution platforms and podcasts too much. You don't want to talk about it for 10 minutes. But mm -hmm. quickly, we want to say, if you want to help out the channel, even if you don't normally listen to the audio podcast, or especially if you do listen to the audio podcast, if you could leave us a review or rate us, um, it would really help the audio podcast gain visibility on the platforms. The two biggest ones are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mm -hmm. So especially if you're on Apple or Spotify, or if you're on YouTube and you, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us um, uh, a review and rate us, hopefully not a one or a two, <laughs> that would really help the channel gain more visibility. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to be better about promoting the audio podcast. A lot of people listen and don't watch. So and I will ask you to please click like. Click like and subscribe was we forgot to ask you to click like. So thank you for doing thank that. You. So that's all the good news. That's all the good news. Oh, Maude jumping in with a $25 super sticker. It's oh, nice thank you, Maude. And again, such a pretty picture of you. So thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. What a kind thing. Um, okay. You know, remember this lady that lives in Willits? Her name yes. is Edie. And she is this was the second oldest woman in the world. Just Wait, turned 116. She died. What do you mean was? She died. <gasps> oh, Edie has passed away. Edie Cecciarelli. She died at 118 years and 17 days. Oh, Edie. you imagine well, she living made that it. long? She, I mean, she made it. I mean, she, maybe she was just holding on for her birthday. Maybe she wanted just, to see one more parade. Almost three weeks after they held this big town-wide parade for her. Yeah, it sounds like she and was holding on. her birthday was February 5th. Wait, and what day? February. Thank you. Um, and it made her, the, again, the second oldest living American. Yeah. Uh, and she died Thursday in her sleep at the age of 116 and 17 days. Well, congratulations. We should celebrate. Yeah, it's it's life. funny. I always find myself sad. And then I realize, mm -hmm. no, we should be happy. We should be happy yeah. that she lived a ridiculously yeah. long cool enjoyable life and got to yeah, see enjoyable life. great 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 grandkids right i mean what a cool thing i mean look at this she got to see a parade yeah they threw she her was a, she was a rock star and that's yeah. how she went out and that's really cool yeah. um i have some older photos of her that i thought were really um really cool check this out oh, this is her on the left look at that at f she's five years old she's written on the it's written on the photo there and that's she's with her brother and her sister um they used to doll up the boys yeah they did <laughs> I'm like, which mm -hmm. one's the boy? <laughs> um, and then this yeah, photo totally from 1932. Look at Look her. At that. Yeah, with her Ford. How crazy is it that she was even still alive last month? I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, mm -hmm. So we remember Edie. And um, I think it's Pride a Pride of Willits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also just a moment ago on the Mark Thompson show had a discussion about Flacco. Not uh, Flaco? I think it's Flacco. Because <laughs> I was, say like, it, I was yeah. like, when did he become a cereal? He's not a cereal. I, no. I think you would say Flaco if it was maybe F-L-A-C-K-O. Or, or if he was fish food. But, yeah. Flacco seems right to me. <laughs> okay. Um, Flacco, we've covered Flacco since Flacco escaped. Oh, since his creeping days. Remember at the very beginning of this, we thought Flacco was roaming around because he was looking for a mate. Someone vandalized his enclosure, let him out, and they thought originally that he was looking for, it was mating season, and he was looking for someone he would never find or some owl that he would never find because there was he's the only one of his kind in New York City, right? The other, uh, was it a Eurasian owl? Eurasian yes. eagle owl. Yes. There were no others that he was going to find. Right. No, no one else was, was there for him to mate So was with. it that he couldn't mate with a regular owl? No, or is you can't that the, do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought maybe there were no owls. I don't know I how mean, the whole interspecies... In somewhere. I don't know how that all works out with the whole interspecies thing. I don't know. Um, but he'd been on the lam for a year, and he'd been doing all right. Right? There's a lot of rodents in New York to eat. 
And so he was kind of making himself known. He would sit on air conditioning units outside of apartments or on railings. And I think this is my favorite photo because he's like, hey, peering in. Hello, yeah. ladies. <laughs> he, he would be on outside of someone's house, you know, apartment peering in and you turn around and you see this 40 yeah. pound owl yeah, sitting outside is. on your fire escape. So he became kind of a beloved feature of New York for New Yorkers that lived near Central Park or around this area. He was rolling around, soaring around New York. You could see him on top of buildings, on top of fire escapes, and he'd become beloved. Well, he bounced off of a building, flew oh. right, you know, one of those glass buildings, flew oh, right into a, a building, a window, bounced off of it. I was wondering because Flacco seems pretty intelligent. <sighs> yeah. It's, I mean, you know, he's in a... Uh, it's kind of like when a bird hits your sliding glass door. That's right. Except for Except you've got, in this case, high rises that have glass windows. And the, the elevation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was bound to happen. Oh, poor fellow. He had trauma in his abdomen. They don't think he had a head injury, but he did have a little blood behind one of his eyes or near his eyes. Oh, poor but he, and you know, he's so beautiful. None of his owl bones were fractured or broken. This all according to preliminary findings. Um, they did find, though, that he was doing pretty well before his death. He only lost an ounce or two since he escaped, which means he was eating pretty well. Keeping up his health, got good muscling, adequate fat stores. He was doing all right. Um, but this accident happened. Now, I don't know if you're... Um, we're listening to the Mark Thompson show and Karen Dawn, who's an animal activist, was saying, thank goodness someone let him out of his enclosure that was really small so that he had a year of freedom. And I don't necessarily know that that's the case, because I think that's pretty cruel to let an owl out like this with skyscrapers everywhere. You Although know. he was in a very confined he was. Like but store window size If space. you're trying to help an owl, then you, you maybe take the owl and set it free in a wooded area or right? fly him first class to Asia or something. Yeah. But just cutting out a, a slit in the, in his enclosure to let him free in New York city where, you I mean, know there's an argument to be probably... made about quality of life though. Just yeah. like with humans, like mm -hmm. um, this is a bird, this is a bird that needs like most animals. They need a large Space, area. Even Archie, Archie mm -hmm. was stressed out when we, when I was in my one bedroom apartment, which was the size, really the size of, you know, a studio. Right. He was stressed out all the time mm -hmm. and in, in inappropriate marking went on. It was all stress. Now yeah. that he's in a two bedroom with a very large kingdom to roam mm -hmm. and play in, he's happy. And I think that's something to consider. Not that this was the solution. But we there they need I'm surprised that they don't have standards, process protocols and standards for mm -hmm. the size of the enclosure because that there sounds way be. too small for there should be. Uh, like a majestic yeah. owl like this. First of all, I what I do agree with her on is you shouldn't keep creatures like this in a zoo. Unless no. like there's a wild care center in Marin where they take an injured owl, they take an right. injured opossum or skunk or right. Even, they have even some bald eagles there that have been But if been you can't injured. provide the appropriate habitat for an animal with the these minimum are, space that they need, you shouldn't be holding no, an animal These like are that. creatures that can't fly. These are creatures that have been injured that will never be able to be on their right. own again. Well, that's that's different. I mean, it's better well, that's than being what, dead. That's, yeah. Well, that's the only way I'm saying we should keep these in, these in, in enclosed spaces. If it's a healthy owl, you let that owl back out into the world in, yeah. a, in a place that's good for it to be. There's yeah. no I reason mean, if to that means you have like to go this, on one yeah. of those safari type yeah. trips, you yeah. know, like like when people go to Africa and they see mm -hmm. animals in the wild, if that's what it takes to see one of these owls, that's right. then that's it. And if that me and if that's not feasible, then sorry. Mm -hmm. You know what? We that's why we have National Geographic and Channel 9 yeah. and uh the, these animals don't exist for our entertainment. It's my hope that you're exactly right. It's my hope that Flacco and what happened to him maybe We'll have people rethinking zoos and why we keep these creatures so that, as Karen mentioned earlier, we can gawk at them. Yeah, I'm reminded of a, a I, I don't take my kids to SeaWorld in San Diego. And I have a, my sister's, one of my sister's sister-in-laws lives there. And she was saying, well, meet us at SeaWorld. And I'm like, oh, we don't go to SeaWorld. And she said, why not? And I said, oh, I don't believe yeah. in keeping orcas or dolphins right. in enclosed spaces. And I don't want to give those people my money. And she said, well, how will we know about them? And how will we see them if they're not? And I said, in the ocean, where they belong, take yeah. a whale watching trip. 
They don't belong like that. And I'm not even like the biggest animal person in the world. And even I'm like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. So I don't know. And I believe the same thing about Flacco, like how there was no reason for him to be cooped up that way. That's mm -mm. true. When um, I went to the Monterey Aquarium recently, we spent a lot of time watching otters. We watched them swim in front of our room in our hotel. Wait, in and then room? we watched them. They were in front of your room? Yeah, in the like ocean. Like housekeeping? Yeah, no, they were in the, it was our room, a balcony, and the ocean. Yes. Oh, the other way. They're uh, out the yes. balcony. Wow, balcony. Oh, yeah. Look at Kim McAllister. I know. So we watched them swim in the ocean, and then we watched them swim at the aquarium. But the aquarium has, you know, they're injured. They're abandoned by their mothers. They are, if they can be released back into the Monterey Bay, they will. And that's a whole different situation when you're looking at an organization that, you know, they're whole thing is ocean conservation and taking care of animals to release them that's different yeah yeah, yeah. uh just quickly uh, i want to respond to people in the chat because you know they they uh, are participating many say don't be heartless to kid kitties john they need their mama i'm totally kidding kim knows i'm kidding <laughs> yeah although yeah although at 10 at age 10 i didn't get any i didn't get any uh kid gloves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to your room stop coughing oh, on me uh baby and uh, ZKR, quickly, on the, not to dwell on the fence thing, but she, he's asking, he or she is asking, what's up with the fence? I wouldn't mind if my neighbor wants to put up a fence. This guy's a total jerk. He wants to build a fence where all the boards face his way. He's not a licensed contractor. And just imagine uh, the biggest a-hole you've ever dealt with. He trash-talked my dad in front of my mom two months after he passed away. So, yeah. Anyway, that's enough about that, but uh, not, a, not a nice person. So I have no. to stand up for my mom. No one's going to yeah. bully my mother. She's in her 80s. Um, yeah. Ooh, Luis. Luis. Farewell, Flacco. Cult heroes never die. Fly high over that rainbow bridge. Aww. Luis. Thank you, Luis. So kind, Luis. Appreciate we all really your appreciate it. Yeah. We have more we animal really stories. We're a chocolate block today. Ooh. Uh, yeah. This one, uh, you have a follow up on something we, we covered before. Oh, the rare eastern black rhino baby at the right. Oregon we had Zoo. We had reported that he was finally making a public appearance, but there's an update. They were having a contest to name this little one. The baby was born December 4th. So cute. I mean, how do you think a rhinoceros is not cute? Look at his little ears. He weighed 100 pounds and he was born. And they gain about five pounds a day. So now this calf is over 250. The care staff named this baby Tamu, T-A-M-U, which in Swahili means sweet. So oh, not Tamu, cold medicine? No, Tamu, not Tamu, no, Tamu. <laughs> Tamu is getting stronger. He's venturing a little bit away from his mom for short periods of time before running back to her. They're mostly still off view while they bond, but as temperatures get warmer, they're expected to spend more time outside in their habitat. So, yeah, speaking of zoos, Tamu is his name. <laughs> Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, this next story, um, Kim found this one. Oh, deer rescued after 12 days with its head stuck in a plastic container. As if we didn't have enough reasons to hate on plastic, right? Mm -mm. Um, this hap uh, this was came out on February 22nd. And if that gag is getting really old, don't worry. We're a few days away from the end of the month. An Indiana deer seen <laughs> wandering with a plastic container stuck over its head for at least 12 days was rescued Thursday morning. Um, this sheriff's office said in a Facebook post that the deer was first spotted with its head stuck in a container in the northern part of uh, their county. This is uh, Indiana on uh, February, February 10th. But authorities were unable to get close enough to help the poor deer. The deer was again located second time. And the deputies noted that the animal had managed to put a crack in the container large enough to allow it to drink and eat. Oh, oh good. The deputies were able to work together to corner the deer and safely remove the container from its head. So another happy story of uh, humans helping animals which we always love and i would say at least this bucket was clear so the deer could see where it was going and yeah. see like at least see that okay oh there's a stump i could smack the bucket on and see if i can't get it off yeah. i don't know at least it wasn't a you know like a yellow bucket or a black bucket but how how crappy that our environment encroaches on animals like that it reminds me of cutting up you know cutting up the um those plastic um holders for uh cans yeah you know? And making sure that you anything you can do to create or to prevent uh, packaging from harming an animal, you take the oh, time totally. to do it, right? I mean, yeah. No, are you kidding? Who puts a plastic soda with the little circles? Don't you ever yeah. see the videos of the of the turtles getting their necks caught? No, thank you. Yeah. Speaking of humans helping animals, <laughs> look at him—he's a little toad. Apparently, 
this is a big thing in the UK. They do patrols to help the toads cross the road after they're done hibernating and they need to go back to their pond to mate. Yes. They have to commute. <clears throat> they do. They have and they have to hop across these roads. The Ellesmere Toad Patrol will be helping the amphibians hop over Swan Hill, Cage Goody Lane, and Eastwick Lane around the Shropshire town for the next two months. Shropshire. They have two months worth Did you say of Shropshire? Toad Shropshire. They have two months worth of toad patrols here. Yeah. <laughs> so the hibernation ended early this year because of mild but wet weather. Every year these toads make their hazardous journey across the roads to get back to their breeding ponds. So, and they, apparently Ellesmere has the largest number of toads across Shropshire and Staffordshire, Staffordshire that have to cross the roads to get back to their breeding ponds. These common toads are a declining species in the UK. Thousands of them are squished on the roads every year. And so, and they often jump out in the dark because it's a, I guess it's, I don't know, the temperature's right for them then. So people have now toad patrols and they stand on the side of the road and they make sure that the toads are coming you know that you Excuse have me, lights uh, and toad yeah. patrol toad patrol, uh, here. toad patrol can everybody stop down the one-way traffic control there's a toad coming yeah and so they have a toad patrol and i love it mm -hmm. now we know why the toad crossed the road we do because people were helping out that's very cool that's right uh i'm seeing comments here mm -hmm. um let's see Scott saying I'm watched two ads generating ad revenue. Thank you, Scott. Yay, Scott. Woo! I appreciate that. If it's like a 30 second ad, let it go. If it's like one of those two minute, three minutes, we understand if you don't want to watch. Skip. Like, <laughs> two, have have you been getting like really weird ads? I get weird ads. I get like um, this coffee loophole. That's it's it's like an AI generated British accent where this woman talks about a coffee loophole to lose weight. Oh, I can't. And she stand goes on for AI like two minutes. But these things. are all like I, I'm gonna say it even if we get in trouble. It's like it's all scam. It reminds me of AM radio. Yeah, um, yeah don't listen to like a two minute ad. Um, no. This next story, I'm gonna jump right to it because we have a long video, but it's local news, and you'll see at the end why. You know, we love our local newscasts. This is a stowaway snake hitching a ride in a Louisiana man, uh, woman's car. Sorry, a Louisiana woman's car. And it's a two minute news report, but I think it's, wa it's worth watching the whole thing. So check this out. And finally this afternoon, imagine waking up and not only is your cell phone not working because of the AT&T outage, but you also have a close encounter with a serpent. Yeah, on her way to the AT&T store on Johnson Street here in Lafayette, to get answers on why her phone had no service, local resident Amanda Norman didn't realize she had another passenger in her car. Yeah, a yellow belly river snake hitched a ride. Here's how Amanda describes it. So basically today it's a shutdown and I was just coming to activate a phone. And then as I was leaving to get in my car, I noticed something hanging at the bottom of my car. I thought maybe it was a book sack string that I forgot. But once I noticed it, it's a live snake. Oh my God. And it terrified me. Thank God for the good citizens that were here um, to help me get out, get it out. But it was definitely alive and it looked very <laughs> aggravated. Like, yeah. So people be aware, their snakes are there and clearly they're real and they will get in the cars. <laughs> Glad, glad we could confirm that, Amanda. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank Imagine you. that. Like I would, cr like I would wreck my car if, like, oh, I, don't know if I was driving. No. Yes. No. Oh my gosh. All I can picture is that YouTube video. It's like snake, the snithery snake. snake. Sneaky little snake. snake. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, what are the odds yeah. of that? Your cell phone doesn't work, and then you got a snake going That's around. That's a bad a day. day. That's oh. a, she needs yeah. to try again. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it a day, girl. That's it. That's the news of teens first at four. Live at five with Jim Marcel and Dan is next. I'll be there. Take it easy. No snakes, though. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay safe. Oh. No snakes, though. Okay. No snakes. <laughs> Imagine like snakes on a plane. Snakes in a car. Snakes in the parking lot. <laughs> but I just, I like how it was just like, like caught it. It's really funny. I was like, are they going to cut away? Usually, you know, usually TV. Uh, oh, you're muted. Usually, TV news will. Uh, will kind of mute the mics as yeah. they and then you'll see them talking as they trail off but they actually yeah. let them left the mics on i thought that was kind of funny um somebody was asking what kind of snake it was a yellow-bellied river snake where was um, that this was in louisiana oh, okay 
right. yeah, I think it's near La- Lafayette, Louisiana. I love um, the woman. So, She's like, snakes are real. Yeah, so to summarize, <laughs> really? snakes are real. They're there, yeah. and they will get into your car. So those are the three takeaways right there. Yeah, now we know. Yeah. This is a cool story. Cool you know, story. It indicates the possibility that maybe, perhaps, dragons were kind of based on something real. It's a 240 million year old dragon fossil. It's that, except it's not really a dragon fossil. It's it's the fossil of a creature that lived 240 million years ago, but it looks rather dragony. It's a five meter long reptile from the Triassic period in China first identified in 2003, but after they went to study scientists, newer specimens for 10 years, they were able to depict the entire creature, which is named Dinocephalosaurus orientalis. So this, once they got the full fossil together, the last to come to light offered a beautiful, complete specimen from the tip of the nose right down to the tip of the tail. It curled around in this sort of figure eight And what they say is, it is indeed very reminiscent of a Chinese dragon. The Mm. fossil helped illuminate the mysterious creature and an international team of researchers. They brought him in from Scotland and Germany and America and China, and they all worked together to publish their findings in the journal Earth and Environmental Science Transactions of the Royal Society of Edinburgh. Wow, that's that's a mouthful. Yes, it is. Uh, this is really interesting, the way this creature looks. Newer fossils indicate the creature had 32 vertebrae, a very long neck that helped it catch fish. Scientists are still unsure of its precise function. They say they're baffled by the function of the long neck. The only thing they can come up with is that they were feeding in waters that maybe had rocks and crevices. And so they use the long necks maybe to probe and move some of the crevices and get prey that way. They're not sure, though. Mindy has a question. Hmm. Did it fly? I don't That's think it did. That's a key question. Uh, a dragon would fly, but I don't think it did. Nessie. That's what it looks like, right? Yeah. Fish well, were preserved. Like a, I think ne- the Nessie we've seen documented looks more like a friendly dinosaur, like a you know a grass eating like dinosaur, a bron- like a brontosaurus. Herbivore. Yeah, yeah. This this looks a little uh, more nefarious, more menacing. Yeah, yeah. Fish are still <laughs> preserved in the stomach region of one fossil, indicating that it was adapted to a marine environment, and that its flippered limbs reinforce that hypothesis as well. So flippers, not wings, right? So di- uh, so uh, dragons are real. They mm-hmm. are there. That's and right. They will, and they will uh, board your boat. Thank you very much. Yeah. They're struggling, they say, as they do a lot with animals of the Triassic period, because it's a weird, wonderful world of all sorts of bizarre animals doing things which animals today don't seem to be doing. But if you go back to that fossil, that fully put together fossil from the tip of the tail to the tip of the nose, it kind of would make me think, oop. Dragon City. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and if you think about it, people weren't as sophisticated back in the day, you know, Mm -hmm. thousands of years ago. Of course, they're going to make up stories about things that they see. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe they embellish the story a little, you know, say that it, you know, flies and shoots fire from its snout. (laughs) Right. In order to uh, scare the little kids. Um I wanted to go back. To, somebody was asking about the yellow-bellied snake if it was mm-hmm. poisonous. I'm not is sure. Is it? Who Do asked we know that. if it has? Uh, a... I think Mindy was asking. Mm-hmm. Um, the yellow-bellied water snake lives throughout deep uh, East Texas and Louisiana. Um, it is. It is not. It is not venomous, but due to its plain, dark greenish to black dorsal color, stout body, aquatic nature, and nasty disposition, this mm. harmless species is often mistaken for the venomous Western cottonmouth. Well, did you see how it was kind of trying to bite that guy that yeah, was picking so it's, it up? Yeah, so it's nasty. It's nasty, Im- but it's more, it's all about, you know. I mean, I would imagine if I was being picked up with a stick and a piece of wood, I'd be scared too. Yeah. But I didn't, uh, wouldn't want that thing to bite me. That's for although sure. Although, Mindy, maybe you should be a local news reporter because you're asking the questions that they, le- they left out. That's, That's key. Right. That's a key question, right, Kim? Yes. Come, come from the news world? Yes. <laughs> could it hurt me? Yes, it could. Who, what, when, where, why is it venomous? And how. That's right. <laughs> 
Okay, um, that was our dragon fossil. And then this yeah. next story, uh, we're going to go back to humans and humans yeah. behaving badly. Um, a husband made over a million dollars. Can you figure out how? You want to take a guess how he made a million dollars? I know From his story, wife's so, work. It has yeah. to do with his wife's work. Mm -hmm. He made over a million dollars by eavesdropping on his wife who works at BP. So the U.S. <laughs> Securities and Exchange Commission alleged that Tyler Loudon made 1.6, or I'm sorry, $1.7 million in illegal profits. Hey, um, I mean, work from home. You can't help what you're here, what you're here in the other room, right? Well, you can help what you do, though. Mm -hmm. The regulator claimed, and since she had, you know, if she had um, insider information, she should have made sure that she was isolated. Uh, or, you know, maybe she should have married somebody that she could trust. The yeah. regulator claimed Mr. Loudon heard several of his wife's conversations about BP's takeover of Travel Centers of America and bought shares in the firm. Oh. BP has declined to comment. The SEC said we allege that Mr. Loudon took advantage of his remote working conditions and his wife's trust to profit from the information that he knew was confidential. That's How the key. embarrassing. Then does she get fired or just a reprimand for her? Like, well, what happens? Well, here's the thing. She reported oh. her husband to her boss. Oh, whoa. Wow, right? Um, for following the announcement, Travel Center's share price rose nearly 71%, and Mr. Loudon allegedly immediately sold all his newly bought shares for a profit. And he, you knew it was coming. In a complaint by the regulator during deal negotiations between travel centers and BP in 2022, Mr. Loudon and his wife worked at home. As a result, they frequently overheard each other's conversations, right? He confessed mm -hmm. to his wife about buying the shares, right? And uh, after the financial in in industry regula uh, regulatory authority began asking questions, right? Mm -hmm. um, According to the filing, he said he bought the stock because he wanted to make enough money so that he did not have to work long hours anymore. His wife <laughs> was stunned by the revelation, right? She reported the trading to her husband. The emails and texts were reviewed by BP, and it found no evidence that she knew about it. Nonetheless, BP terminated her employment. According oh. to the regulator's complaint, Mr. Loudon's wife moved out of the house and ceased all contact with him. And in June, she initiated divorce proceedings. So she lost her job and her husband. Yeah, well, she chose to lose her husband, and I think yeah. that's probably the best. Um, yeah. that, that what a messed up story, <laughs> right? That's crazy. And how did he like? How are these people? They're sophisticated enough to buy the stock, but they're not sophisticated enough to know that 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 Finra or whatever the Fin Fira, the financial regulatory agency, mm -hmm. is not going to investigate. Yeah, right. You're connected to somebody who works there. Like, can you imagine him with his ear up against the door? Oh, write it down. Okay, how much? What are, what are they buying? Okay. <laughs> she probably had the door open or something. But um, wow, that, that marriage had issues. Good thing there's no secrets up in here. Yeah. Yeah. Does your husband work for a publicly traded company? Uh, I don't know if he's publicly tra publicly traded. It might be a private company. Put, put, your, put your ear up to the door. Yeah, I'll go listen. No. <laughs> you, oh, you have um, morals and ethics. Yeah, no. As a matter of fact, it used to be if he told me something about a publicly traded company that he did work for, right. he would always put the caveat, you can't report this on the news, don't right. tell anybody. This oh, is that's secret. the other thing. You worked yeah. in the media and he was working for these companies. He was always like, deals. and we always had to discuss like what we can, what I can say and what I can't say. What information smart. are you giving me that I'm allowed to, to disclose and what information is, you know? And sometimes I would say, just don't tell me. Because I right. won't remember that I'm not supposed to say that. So don't Well, tell your me husband that. is honest and he's also intelligent. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, there you go. You got a keeper. Did you know the Hawaiian islands are moving? Where are they moving to? <laughs> just, just chugging even along. the islands can't afford to live out there? No, even they can't. They're just moving on down the road. It's going to take millions and millions of years for this to happen. But the Pacific Plate, which contains the Hawaiian chain of islands is moving northwest in the Pacific Ocean at a rate of about four centimeters a year. So if you were born in Hawaii in 1950, right. then you are now 116 inches or about 13.7 feet farther northwest than you were the day you were born. That's pretty significant, Thir on, almost 14 feet, 13 yeah. and a half feet farther yeah. northwest. If you were born in Hawaii in the year 2000, then you're a little more than three feet northwest of where you were born. It so happens I also was born in Hawaii. So I don't know. They don't have How my How many year. feet did you move before you? Uh, I don't know. I have to do the calculations. Left. Several things are happening here. 
Okay. So I, first of all, uh, there's a seamount. They changed the name of it. It used to be called Loihi, and now they're changing it to, and I'll try to get the name right, Kama Ehua Kanaloa Seamount. Um, they, they've seen it. It's like the next Hawaiian island to be birthed on the other side of the big island, right? Right. Uh, they changed the name New, of it. from the makers of the Big Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a powerful name. It is now named after um, Pele Honumea. Of course, Pele, the island, yeah, the goddess of uh, volcano Pele's the one fire. you don't mess with. You don't take things off you the don't. island. You don't take the, the uh, volcanic rock. You don't mess with Pele. You just leave everything as is. As quickly, Lori says that's a lot, actually, hence earthquakes. That's a very good point, Lori. Mm-hmm. So as the island forms south of the Hawaii island, the big island of Hawaii, there's the unique experience of being able to watch the process of island making firsthand. Today, there are eight inhabitable islands in the Hawaiian chain. Uh, They are made up of 15 volcanoes, about 1,500 miles of mostly uninhabitable atolls. And they're not all privately owned. No, most of them are not. For now. Uh, It consists of more than 129 volcanoes, both above and below sea level, that stretch farther from more than 3,800 miles across the Pacific, the the North Pacific. Kure, K-U-R-E, atoll, is the northernmost coral atoll in the world. It's a former volcano. It's the oldest part of the Hawaiian (laughs) island chain. It's a retired volcano. It is retired. It's done. Back in my day. You can still see Kure above water, though. It's okay. still you can still see. That's it, why it's, but it's called coldest. an atoll, right? Yeah, that's right. It's just like the it's just the top. Just a little tippy top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I uh, didn't realize the Hawaiian chain was that long. It is really long. Yeah, it's the lifespan of all the islands in the Hawaiian chain. They all move northwestward, right, and become less and less suitable for human life. This is just how it goes. So they did you say? I don't know. Forgive me if you already said it, but they do they all drop in elevation as they go north. I, I it seems like it they become less and less suitable for human life so you yeah. would think yeah yeah that's what happens they move and sink i wonder if it's the depth of the ocean that makes a difference they know that the there. direction shift happened about 50 million years ago and no other seamount chain on the planet yeah. has ever done it yeah so or yeah. maybe maybe the fault you know maybe it goes down um i'll have to look into that that's yeah. interesting don't um, ask questions I waited towards the end to the end. That was the end of the presentation. Yeah, that was pretty it? good. That's pretty good. Come on, Jesus Christ! Uh, Moral speaking of the Jesus... story: Hawaii is moving. It's on the move. <laughs> Hawaii, Hawaii is moving. It can't afford to live there. It's really expensive. They have to import right. everything. I understand. Yeah. Um, we know that things are expensive. That's why we have to solicit for uh, help and uh, your funds. So we need to take a break, Kim. Really quick, like a twenty-eight second break. I think it's twenty-eight seconds. Uh, well, we... Oh, you know what? Actually, I'll give you the twenty-seven second one. Here we go. When we- the After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Yeah, it is. Please click Sorry, like. I- Sorry, I cut you off, and I need to apologize before All I was going to say is that when we come back, we're going to talk about meat coffee, but we'll do it in a minute. (laughs) We missed out on that. Meat coffee. Thank you to ongoing contributors, Pinky C, Tamia G, Janet R, Kim N, Pamela K, and Karen K. Huge thank you to you guys. $5 super sticker over the weekend flew in from Pamela K. We so appreciate it. And Karen, with your contribution as well. Huge, huge, huge thank you. Luis throwing down a $9, $10 super sticker. Thank you for that. Uh, We appreciate Maud for the $25 super sticker, Maud. You're awesome. And Luis again with $5. Farewell, Flacco. Thank Um, you for the We were, we were, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I was worried that we weren't going to reach our fundraising goal for um, February. short month, Mm -hmm. but all those, the contributions that came in this weekend were very generous. And I think we may have met our fundraising goal. So. Those of you who have contributed any dollar amount, it all adds up. And those of you who have been extremely generous, thank you because you're making it, you're making it work. And uh, for those who, uh, um, speaking of those who make it work, thank you, Wes, Wes. thank you so much. 
Wes rocks. Okay. We hate commercials, so that's why we uh, we keep it limited to uh, that one minute there. Total Tell problem. me about Meat Coffee. Meat Coffee. Meat Coffee is not the sponsor of this program. Uh, we probably make more Doesn't money. Sound good. Mm-hmm. We probably make more. Well, maybe you make less money uh, <laughs> if we advertised for Meat Coffee. Uh, but Starbucks has f- released pork flavored coffee in China. That's wrong. What? Mm-mm. What? Who doesn't love a little braised pork with their coffee? Starbucks no. is betting on the end. Whoever works in that like development office at Starbucks, are they I bored? Know. How could we I, make this better? Let's yeah, put some are they meat bored? In What's it? going on? They're betting on an unusual combination with a new drink released in China to mark the Lunar New Year, dubbed the Abundant Year Savory Latte. The brand <laughs> gross. The brand describes it as having a quote interesting flavor. The drink combines Dongpo braised pork flavor sauce with espresso and steamed milk with extra pork sauce. No. <laughs> I have a side of extra pork sauce and pork breast meat for garnish, according to the Starbucks delivery app. The price is uh, about uh, just under $10, $9.45, according to the app. Photos of the drink posted on Chinese social media uh, by Shanghai's Starbucks Reserve Roastery. Those are the nice the nice Starbucks, right? Like mm-hmm. the one they have in uh, in Tokyo. Um, they show a drizzle of dark red sauce on top of the latte foam with a square slice of pork on a skewer resting on the mug rim. Eating meat means prosperity in the coming year, the roastery wrote on Weibo on uh, February 5th, right before the Lunar New Year began. It added that the drink brings traditional New Year customs into coffee and creates the unexpected savory and sweet flavors. The latte is available at Starbucks reserved stores across China. For the Lunar New Year to celebrate. Right. I I feel like um, that's gross. And uh, what kind of a carnivore do you have to be to want meat juice and meat sauce and chunks of meat floating around in your coffee? Now, I appreciate other cultures, and I understand there are yeah. different flavor profiles and whatnot. But on this one, I can't help myself. That's just, that's I gross. I have heard of a coffee rub for a steak. Okay, well, that's to change the composition of the outside of the meat, right? To break I it guess, down, I imagine. But I mean, it's still like a coffee meat combo. I don't know. For some reason, that doesn't gross me out as much. Probably because it probably doesn't really taste like coffee when you cook it, right? I'm not sure. I don't know. All right, you want to hear about something we're doing wrong? Oh, that's what I hear about all day long. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Headlights. We're doing headlights wrong oh, in America. Oh, you're not talking about the YouTube channel. Okay. No. When we drive around at night, Oncoming headlights often will shine right into our eyes. It's getting and worse, I've sometimes noticed. Sometimes you look away, you know, it's in some cases, like my mom had a certain age where she couldn't drive at night because the lights would like just zap her vision and it, her vision would be all starry and fuzzy. They yeah. gave her special glasses and then she just stopped driving at night because she felt unsafe. All right. Does she have the little little tab? You know, you have that tab on the rear view to to move the mirror so that it's not as yeah, bright. Yeah, I don't for whatever reason. Some people have more of a problem um, with the lights at night than others. Yeah. Well, it's getting worse. I've noticed because I, I drive one hundred and one. I could drive one hundred and one like in my sleep, which I won't do, but I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and the SUVs, it's the SUVs, oh, man, that are higher with the lights they're, in your eyes. Not only set higher, and I'm in a, mm-hmm. a regular Honda. Uh, they're set higher and it's like stadium lighting. What is going on, Kim? Well, there's sometimes where I wish that I could keep my high beams on in my car because I don't know if deers are going to jump out. Deer, deer are going to jump out from the moose, side of the roadway. Moose, moose deer. Sonoma County uh, moose. But it turns out we're doing it wrong. They have technology that is in use in Europe and Asia. Adaptive driving beam headlights. It's a lighting technology that has been available for many years in other parts of the world, including Europe, China, and Canada. But for whatever reason, we don't have it in the United States. Yeah, again, John Watson writes, either I'm getting old or people are driving around with their high beams on all the time. No, a lot of the new regular headlight lamps are brighter without high beam. Let me tell you about what this does, John and John. Yeah, It can actually shape the light coming from the headlights rather than scattering it all over the road. If there's a car coming in the other direction or one driving ahead in the same lane, the light stays precisely away from that vehicle. And then the rest of the road is still covered in bright light with just a pocket of dimmer light around the other vehicles. Wait, so it's detecting like it has a 
sensor? Adaptive driving beam headlights. Adaptive. It knows if there's another car, and so it will scatter the light in a different way so the light is not shining in the eyes of the oncoming vehicle. Right? Right. So the again, the rest of the road is covered in bright light, just a pocket of dim light around the other vehicles. This way, deer, pedestrians, cyclists by the yeah. side of the road can be seen clearly while other drivers sharing the road can actually see as well. Imagine. I think we hit a, I think we hit a nerve here. Everyone can relate. Blue, purple lights. Super annoying. Yeah, blinding. In America, they say the closest we can get to that are the automatic high beams, some new cars have this feature that automatically flicks off the high beams if another vehicle is detected ahead. But that still means that most of the time you have to use only your low beam headlights that don't reach very far, which can be dangerous because yeah. there's some things you need to see and you just can't, right? The yeah. safety regulations here in America were enacted in 2022 that were supposed to finally allow these um, adaptive driving beam headlights, but the auto industry and safety groups have been asking for this for a while. New rules, though, apparently are making it difficult for automakers in the U.S. to add this feature. So it'll probably be years before these adaptive light headlights are widely so the available regulations. in the U.S. Such a bummer. That's yeah. the regulations. You know, I noticed that this uh, we invent a lot of technology here in the United States, especially mm -hmm. in California. And a lot of times you, you travel internationally and you're like, wait, this is made in the U.S. Why don't we have this? Like, um. An ex uh, uh, example was when tapping your credit card first became a technology. Yeah. I was in mm -hmm. Europe like 2004, 2005, and I was at a bar, I think it was in Denmark, and somebody just walked up to the bar, grabbed their drink, tapped with their credit card, walked away, and I had it was like completely alien and foreign. You're I'm like, like, what happened? What did he just, did he pay? What, what just went on? And, tip, tip, and, tap, tap. and we invented that technology, and, um, and they also have chip and pin, right? Where, right. You just you you just put in your pin number and you walk away. You don't have to sign. Well, the reason we don't have that is uh, banking regulations. So over there, mm -hmm. the consumer is responsible as soon as they put in their pin number. The consumer is responsible for the transaction. Whereas in the United States, the banks are responsible still for fraud, yeah. and so they're not motivated to move away from signatures. Well, here's so the it crazy has to do with thing: the banking laws. Some luxury cars in America actually have these lights already on them, but they don't have the software to perform the way they were designed to. Uh, Mercedes drivers can see a, a light display as they start up or shut off their cars yeah. at night. Um, also, this is interesting. These ADB headlights are like digital projectors using a million or more LED pixels to project light patterns on the road. How right. cool is that? OCD some, saying, uh, mentioning that Audi has a commercial about this right now. Some Mercedes vehicles can project symbols like arrows or lines on the road to guide drivers. They can like show an arrow, like you're going this way, whatever. Less expensive systems in Europe and Asia use several thousand or fewer light emitters, reflectors, or shutter, shutter systems to create adaptive beams. I don't understand why we don't have this. Lori they makes can, a good point. Our politicians have drivers, so they don't deal with this themselves. Once it affects them, it'll move faster. Maybe kind of like being on the um, the the terrorism watch list, like I was. It wasn't until Congress people started being added to the list that they finally did something about it. Audi says we wish the regulation and testing would be reconsidered to accept what has already been proven around the world, including Canada, and was informed and supported by SAE. Uh, they say many of our cars, Audi, equipped with the matrix design or digital matrix design lighting on U.S. roads today could be turned on to provide greater visibility and less glare, which means really a safer environment for all of us. Yeah. So. And yeah. just last thing, I think Karen and someone else was mentioning that they sound expensive. You know, you have the, the repair bills, but you know, is it, it might be worth it. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, taking care of your technology, you may have seen this uh, late last week, but I wanted to mention it. Uh, so it's official. We're being told to stop putting your wet iPhone in rice, according to Apple. Yeah. So putting your device in a bag of rice could allow small particles of rice to damage the, your phone, the, the company's warning. No matter how your phone gets soaked, you're caught in a downpour, you drop it in the bath, or you fall in a pool. Um, what did you do to your phone? You like, uh, you didn't drop into water, but you like dropped it and then smacked it and it went flying into your uh, sink or something like that? Oh, that's when I cracked the screen. I didn't, I didn't get it, you wet, didn't get it wet, but I did, 
it fell off the bathroom counter and I tried to grab it with my leg, like where I, you know, stick your leg and trap the phone between the the, the cabinet and your leg. Right. But it smacked into a, like a drawer pull, a metal drawer pull, was I jammed my thigh onto the phone and then crunched it in between the... the so it was like a spastic, yeah. like Rube Goldberg machine. It was a bad moment. Yeah. yeah. So the fix, this is interesting, the fix, you know, this rice fix, a rice hack, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this rice loophole. No, the fix may have had its origins uh, in the history of photography. Uh, the Verge traced the method back as far as 1946 as a way to maintain your camera. In the intervening years, panicked phone users have suggested risky methods ranging from attacking your phone with a hairdryer to submerging it in alcohol. Don't do those things. Uh, what should you actually do? Apple offers guidance for users who get a liquid detected alert uh, when they try to charge your phone. First, unplug the charging cable at both ends. Okay? So you're unplugging the cable at both ends. Then tap the phone gently against your hand with the connector facing down to remove any excess liquid. Then leave it to dry for at least half an hour. Then if the phone and the cable are completely dry, try recharging the the device again. If that attempt fails, try again a day later. Okay? So don't don't use like some hot, you know, uh, hair dryer don't don't drop it into rice um, mm-hmm. be really careful also be careful about uh, pocket lint for me the issue is like putting my phone in my uh, pocket mm-hmm. um, you got to be careful that you don't have um, cotton you know pocket lint going in your connector yeah. hmm. all right no rice for us we got it all right <laughs> eat the rice don't you know don't what? use it for your phone don't eat the the chlormaquat Say what? Doesn't sound too appetizing anyway, right? Wait, isn't that oatmeal? Don't eat the chlormaquat. No, it's Is not. It... That's a picture of oatmeal. It's what lurks inside the oatmeal that's a problem. Oh, no. 80% what is it? What is it of now, a... Kim? <laughs> I know. <laughs> is it plastic? What is this stuff? Negative Nelly on the after party. Here it comes again. 80% of Americans test positive for infertility-linked chemical chlormaquat. Jesus Christ. It is a pesticide. <clears throat> It is a pesticide used to help increase the amount of crops grown, and it may pose a risk to your fertility, the development of an infant, puberty as well. And so we're being urged now to use organic oat products without synthetic chemicals. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do they advertise that on the on the packaging? Think Sorry, about how our, many babies our, that you've... Our oatmeal has synthetic uh, compounds. No, they don't. Think about how many babies you've seen eating Cheerios on the, uh, the you know, the tray, the high chair tray. Uh, Cheerios, Quaker Oats can all apparently, according to the Environmental Working Group, pose a risk to reproductive and developmental health, according to the study they've done. Four in five or 80% of Americans testing positive for chlormaquat. It is a toxic agricultural chemical used to alter a plant's growth. Uh huh. Why don't they do the studies on the chemicals first? Wouldn't that be a novel concept? I'm telling you. The tests found. I have a question, but I'll wait till the end of the presentation. Please hold your question. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. If you want to ask it, ask it. Go ahead. Uh, Do they mention if it affects the fertility of both men and women? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, but I'll get there. I, I hopefully will answer it. We don't. I don't know. I have faith in you, Kim. <clears throat> um, but we, what we do know is that tests found higher levels and more frequent detection of chlormaquat, chlormaquat in, t- <laughs> in 2023. Flacco. 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 Uh, compared to those from 2017 through 2022, which suggests consumer exposure to chlormaquat could actually be on the rise. In 2017, 69% of study participants had the chlormaquat, and 74% between 2018 and 2022, 90% in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, Just as troubling, the Environmental Working Group detected chlormaquat in 92% of oat-based foods purchased in May of 2023, including the Quaker Oats, including the Cheerios. It was all in there. ZKR Some, says, good question. Thank you, ZKR. It was that's good. That's uh, apparently, the chlormaquat leaves the body within 24 hours, which means that Americans are regularly. Do you think the chlormaquat's being... like, whoa, there's chemicals in here, forever chemicals? I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Probably, yeah, we're too toxic for the chlormaquat. Yeah, what is this toxic environment? Yeah. Well, what they're saying is that because it leaves the body within within 24 hours, that we're regularly being exposed to it over and over and over and over again. 
they also tested 20 more oat-based foods for Chlormaquat, 7 organic, 13 non-organic, 9 wheat-based products. They didn't specify which brand, but they do say it was found in 92% of non-organic oat-based foods, while only two samples of wheat-based foods, both bread, uh, both bread had low levels of the Chlormaquat. Only one of the seven organic samples had low levels of Chlormaquat. Hmm. Yeah, so they OCB don't is say... ask, um, OCB is asking, is it related to Paraquat? And uh, my initial Google search says that it, it looks like it's in the same kind of category of pesticides. It doesn't say, Lori, whether it will delay or alleviate menopause symptoms. It doesn't say that. It just says pose uh, health risk to fertility, health risk to infant development, health risks to puberty, which, you know, if 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 puberty is affected, it would seem that maybe our whole reproductive cycle would be affected, but I don't have the information that led to that, and I don't know if they tested for that. So, John's saying, or you could, uh, I don't need a condom, honey. I had oatmeal for breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Well, what kind of oatmeal did you have? Does it mean you'll have a kid with three eyes, or does it mean, you know, no kid at all? I don't know. This reminds me of the whole, like, organic versus non. Like, uh, mm. everyone should Google the types of foods they buy, and should I buy it organic or not? Because... I mean, if you can afford to buy all organic, you should, but there are certain mm -hmm. categories of foods. I can't think yeah. of all of them right now, but there's certain categories where it really matters. It makes more of a difference because the, the vegetables or the fruits absorb more of chemicals. I think like blueberries might be in that category. But like I told my mom, I'm like, mom, you've got your pension. You've got money enough to buy the organic. I'm only buying you the organic. I don't care if it costs $1.50 more, right? Because I want you to be healthy. Well, here's the crazy thing is that we trust the government to keep us safe. We have an FDA for a reason. We pay for that for a reason. Because we want to know that when we, you know, eat our food and drink our water or whatever, breathe our air, whatever it is, these agencies are making sure that we're as safe as we can be. And so you turn around and you find your Quaker Oats or your Cheerios or whatever it is you, you're eating, your your steel-cut oat, oatmeal. I don't know what you've got. But yeah. you turn around and you find that it's got all this crap in it yeah. that's horrible Well, the reality is kids. they don't have enough regulators. And no. I think it was John Oliver's this week that did a whole story on USA, uh, USA USDA um, uh, versus what's the other one? Um, FDA. FDA, FDA versus USDA, and there's mm -hmm. like turf wars over yeah. w what foods each covers. And USDA has m a huge budget relative yeah. to FDA, and they, you know, they track your meat and whatnot. But there's this like competitive system where they have turf wars over what they uh, what they inspect, and there's not enough money. At the, and the FDA is all about drugs, and so they joke. The employees of the FDA joke that it's it's like the the drug administration because they don't they don't spend nearly uh, any of their uh, resources relative to drugs mm -hmm. on food. So while you think like, oh, yeah, these agencies are created to protect us, the reality is there's a lot of corruption. I'm sure there's a lot of lobbying. And uh, these agencies are not being funded to the level to actually protect us. And that goes across yeah. the board, Kim. Like they're just not well, spending the money. It's really frustrating. People. It's really frustrating. I guess you know what happens is we assume we're safe. And then when you turn out and Ignorance you, you is turn bliss around until it's and not. People don't pay attention. Most people across the America don't know this right now. What you yeah. and I and what all of us in the chat know. And people don't pay attention. And then well, they there think, are people oh, in parts of this country who will probably never know. Those hippies from California, they don't, you know, look at them with their organic. They don't. Whatever. Not to sound well, like a West Coast liberal elite, but like the media there, what is it, 80%? I think of TV stations, local TV stations are all conservative owned now. Um, these decisions are made whether we cover a story or we're not or we don't. And, you know, if somebody's blue collar and they're in the Midwest, where are they getting the information from? Meanwhile, how many kids had Quaker oatmeal this morning for breakfast? Meanwhile, how many kids had Cheerios this morning for breakfast? And it's full of Chlormaquat. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool at all. And we should be outraged and we should be angry about it. You know, this is the food that we're feeding our children. Right. Forget about me. Right. Whatever. But my, my kids? You're like, I'm screwed. I got I'm microplastic. I'm I'm 52% microplastic already. <laughs> exactly. And then I got my forever chemicals and I'm not having kids, so I'm telling you what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on sorry, to some better. Sorry to bring the party down people. Let's bring it back some, up. Onto some better <laughs> news. Um older adults apparently benefit from using virtual reality headsets. Now, at first I thought this was kind of sad until I realized, oh, this actually might be good because we have all these seniors, although it does look creepy. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie, that photo looks kind of creepy. Uh, you have all these like lonely seniors that are in you know, retirement communities or in homes and apparently soaring over hills or playing with puppies with these VR headsets 
um, a study has found that seniors actually really enjoy virtual reality. Well, yeah, um, because there's sensations you never thought you would feel again, right? Yeah, they, they profile this retired Army colonel, uh, Pharrell Patrick, and he taught computer science at West Point during the 70s and at two private universities through the 90s. So he's not surprised by the progress that technology has made. But when the 91-year-old got his first reality, uh, his virtual reality experience recently, he was stunned. Sitting in a conference room uh, in the John Knox Village uh, retirement community in Florida, not the villages, a different village, <laughs> uh, Patrick sat up straight as his eyes and ears experienced what could be uh, likened to a Navy fighter jet flying off the Florida coast. Oh my God, it's beautiful, he blurted out before the VR program brought the jet in for a landing on the aircraft carrier. He was one of 17, uh, he was uh, in this village, John Knox Village. It's one of 17 senior communities across the country that's participated in this new Stanford study that found that large majorities of 245 participants between the ages of 65 and 103 enjoyed virtual reality, improving both their emotions and their interactions with the staff. Um, the study is part of a larger effort to adapt virtual reality so it could be beneficial to seniors' health and emotional well-being. You know what? Um, I think that's kind of cool. Seniors were able to pick between seven-minute virtual experiences such as parachuting, riding in a tank, watching stage performances, playing with puppies and kittens, or yep. visiting places like Paris or Egypt. That's a big thing because a lot of seniors can't travel. You know, they're limited uh, in terms of mobility and uh, finance maybe. The participants wore their headsets um, giving them 360-degree views with sound and video, making it seem like they uh, had all been dropped in without the actual experience. So I think that's, that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's, you know, I think you get to an age where maybe it's not safe for you to travel or not safe for you to do certain things. And so to feel like you had those experiences again, that's kind of yeah. it's special. I you know what? what? Um, we haven't been demonetized yet. So why don't we end with this story? Can can I go back for just kind of roll back for just a moment? Okay. Because I do want to make sure that um, people understand this whole Clormaquat thing that we were talking about. And I just posted the quote in the chat. But um, an, an, a second article I was reading on this on MSNBC says the best way to avoid food exposed to Clormaquat and other pesticides is to buy oats, oat cereals, and other oat-based products made with organic ingredients. It's not 100% guaranteed, but it's going to be less than it would be otherwise. Um, certified organic oats are by law grown without synthetic pesticides. So if for, you know, as you said earlier, John, some things you buy organic, some things it makes sense to, some things it doesn't, anything with oats in right. it, organic. So. Yeah. If you can afford to get all organic, go for it. But some people, you know, it adds up. It's expensive. I've been really to Whole expensive. Foods. I mean, have you seen the price of organic milk versus regular milk or organic bread versus regular yeah. bread? The so if you have to make those decisions, you have yeah. to make those decisions, Google, Google it, do yourself a favor and look yeah. at the list of things where it's vital. You know, it's it's more important to because a lot of these these fruits, they soak up like uh, they soak up um, these chemicals like sponges. Mm -hmm. So um, but we haven't been demonetized yet, as far as I know. So let's oh, talk about let's rat penis. Rat penis, artificial intelligence. Kim, tell me about it. A ridiculous AI-generated rat... A what? Rat a, re, a re what? A ridiculous <laughs> AI-generated rat penis made it into a peer-reviewed journal. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Researchers used Midjourney's AI image generator to illustrate this fantastical rodent beside incoherent strings of texts. What? And they published it. This prominent scientific journal is now retracting an article featuring an AI-generated image. You said retracting? <laughs> yes, I did. Of a rat with large, <clears throat> alongside strings of nonsensical gibberish. This was published... Uh, <laughs> In the Frontiers in Cell... Yeah, where was this published? That's important. That's an important distinction. Frontier Frontiers in Cell and Developmental Biology. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Racy. Yeah. Three researchers who are uh, from... Fired? Ji Huanghui <laughs> Hospital and Jian Zhaotong University were investigating current research related to sperm stem cells of small mammals. As part of the paper, they included an illustration of a cartoon rat with a <clears throat> phallus towering over its own body, while the labels appear beside the rat with incoherent words like 
Testum cells, Dicicilid, and DCK. <laughs> the researchers openly acknowledge they use Midjourney's AI image generator to produce the image and the text in the accompanying figure. The AI-generated rat was followed up by three more figures depicting very complex signaling pathways, less jarring than the giant penis. <laughs> they were similarly surrounded by nonsensical words. Uh, academics on social media were looking at this. Everyone was talking about it. Some questioning how this clearly inaccurate figure managed to slip through the review process at the frontiers in cell and developmental biology. They may have been again, distracted. Yeah, now they're pulling this out of the, they're retracting it and saying, yeah, no, this isn't for real. They're pulling they, it out. They're pulling, <laughs> pulling it out. It's being retracted. Yeah. It's being retracted. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, John Watson saying that rat looks proud of himself. Uh, Wouldn't you be? Saying, I'm telling asking, you. Is that a big smile on that rat? I mean, it's blurred out, but look at that thing. You kind of see the outline of it. Yeah, it looks like it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it, it's technically blurred out, but is it really? Because it kind of looks like a frosted, uh, I don't know, shower uh, door. A frosted shower window. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good morning to you too, sir. a very important question. How does this rat even walk? It doesn't. <laughs> it just lays around and breeds, I guess. I don't know. Oh, but look man. at all the words. Can you guys read the words there? Centolic stem cells, testum cells. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, I think you did and a they, good job reporting that in a newsy it, kind of fashion. Slip right through. So, did you say slip right through? Oh. So we'll find out if we get demonetized. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm sure we uh, will. We'll we'll find oh, out. Yeah. That is probably enough to get us in trouble today. Uh, it's the end of the after party, Kim. It is. Thank you, thank you to Pinky C, Tamia G, Janet R, Kim N, Pamela K, Karen K, uh, Pamela K again with a weekend super sticker. Huge thank you to Luis twice. Beautiful. Also looking for Mod. Thank you for the $25 Mod with your beautiful hair. Luis again, love you. Thank you very much. And for your nice email and note as well. And Wes for $5. Awesome. Who I love watching your social media posts because you're just so funny. Thank you for being here and hanging out with us. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Click like on the way out if you could. And until then, have a great afternoon and a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye, John Daly. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye.